welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. So glad you're here. You guys, today we are in for a treat. We've got Dr. Samantha Bergulio here with us. I am seriously so pumped. Before we hit record, I was telling her how often I get requests from you guys to talk about women's health, hormones, the pill, all kinds of things. And so when we connected, I was like, yes. Yes, 100%. This is going to be so, so good. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear from her. It's going to be amazing. Really quick, hit pause, screenshot the episode, tag us to let us know you are here, and then come back and let's dive right in. So Dr. B, so glad you're here. Can you please just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. So I'm Dr. B. It's Dr. Samantha Bergoglio, but that one's, that's kind of a mouthful. So I love to go by Dr. B. Um, I am a naturopathic doctor that specializes in women's health, fertility, hormones. Um, I like to tell people hormones are my thing. So I'm really excited to be here and chat about it. Uh, what got me into women's health and hormones, kind of a long story. So I'll give you the short version, but basically I had my own journey of coming off the pill and everything kind of going crazy. And so that kind of led me to want to specialize in this and help people go through what I went through, just maybe like shorten and make it a little bit easier <laughs> um, in the process. Uh, natural medicine has always been near and dear to my heart. I was also, I also had some health issues when I was a child and natural medicine, I like to say saved my life. It changed the course of my life. So that's kind of why I became a naturopath. What led me to hormone health later on happened in my life. So it's kind of cool. I feel like I've learned a lot from my own experiences and I love sharing with others. That's amazing. I love that because I think, I mean, I've had similar struggles. I had a bunch of issues growing up and I would see doctors and I got on the pill when I was, I think 12 and I was on it for 10 years and I had no idea until more recently, like in the past couple of years, like there are other ways. Like I didn't even know anything about my hormones. I, I wish that they taught us this stuff because I feel like now there are starting to be more and more conversations, but it's come from so many women experiencing the wrong way or just like going through these long twisty journeys to finally realize, okay, this is not working. I need to figure something else out. So for you, I'm sure it's amazing that now you get to help women kind of skip over some of those steps that so many of us have had to jump through and figure out like the hard way. So in your experience now, like what are some of those things that you really wish women knew about their health, their bodies, their hormones, all of that? Kind of like what you said, basically understanding the cycle and how it works and what it means and being able to, you know, track and be like, oh, like this cervical mucus means this. Um, I remember my, I think it was fifth grade class. We like all, all the girls got put in a room and we had to watch a video about our period. <laughs> and it literally entailed of like, this is going to happen once a month. And these are the products that you can use. Ask your mom the rest. And love my mom. My mom's amazing. But like she didn't even know to explain everything. So honestly, I think the thing that women need to know or and should be taught even from a young age is to understand their cycle, to understand what the hormones are, why they're happening. So there's an understanding of like, oh, these are reproductive hormones, but they also do you know, XYZ, they are great for our skin and our hair and our mood. 
Um, so just kind of having an overall understanding about how to track and then also what our reproductive hormones do for us would be, I feel like a total game changer. Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, I remember when I first started hearing about like cycle syncing and all of this information that's coming out now, I'm like, oh my goodness, why did they not teach us this in school? Like, why did they not teach us how to track our cycle, how to know, like, I mean, I still, I'm almost 30 and I still really don't understand all the ins and outs of it, but I've learned how much it is helpful to know, like just to be aware of where you're at in your cycle, not only for like energy and eating and exercising, but just like understanding fertility, which you mentioned, because that's something as an adult where I felt so clueless to me growing up, the option was get on birth control. And then when you want to have a baby, get off birth control. But it is just, it's just not that simple, you know? And so I just feel like, oh man, why do they not teach us these things? Yeah, that's such a good point. Like being able to make choices about your body or what goes in your body, even from a young age is really powerful. And it's something that I feel like people look at kids or young teenagers are like, oh, they don't know. And I'm like, yes, they do. Like they can, if you explain like what's going on, they're able to make that decision and they're able to make an educated decision, but that informa- information needs to be shared. Um, I don't like that. I want to emphasize I'm not bashing on birth control. I think if you're on it, I think there can be very, there can be many good reasons why someone is taking birth control. Right now, I'm kind of sharing my story, some other experiences that we've had, but I also want to take a moment to just like share that I'm not bashing you if you're taking birth control. Please don't just go into a panic if you are taking birth control. It's not like the end all be all, but we're just trying to, you know, have a conversation about, you know, what are the reasons to take birth control and um, also giving people the choice to like really understand what birth control is and what, when it is a good time to use it. Mm, That's such a good point because gosh, I felt like a lot of my issues when I was younger, I was recommended to get on the pill and you know, it helped me for a while. There was, there, there were certainly things that I needed to be on it for like regulating my cycle. And I had tons of skin issues, all that. But I feel like in addition to that, looking back, I just wish I would have known more about how to balance my hormones because I feel like that was the root of so many of my issues and I just didn't know how to support my body. So what do you recommend for women? Like what's a good starting point to start understanding our hormones, our cycle, and then how to actually care for our bodies? Like how can we support our health? Yeah. I mean, you know, listening to podcasts like this, getting those wheels turning, that's a huge step. Just tr- like wanting to understand is really the first step. Then it's, you know, finding a good book. Um, there's there's a lot out there. I mean, I, I feel like I can just start naming a bunch, but they're all catered towards different people. Um, but some books, I can even give you a list that maybe you can put down for your listeners. I mean, a practitioner that you can ask those questions with and feel comfortable asking those questions. You know, I mean, sometimes they people feel awkward. People sometimes always say to me like, not to be TMI, but XYZ. And I'm like, I'm a doctor, like there's no TMI. Also, I'm a woman, like I understand these things. Guarantee it's probably happened to me too. So like, no TMI. (laughs) So find, find 
people find resources. Um, like I said, resources can be hard. So I'll definitely have a list of books that can be put on this. Um, but definitely reach out to someone who you feel comfortable with that you see as an expert, understand as an expert. Like I know some people reach out to me in my DMs or message me and I love answering menstrual cycle questions. <laughs> I love that. Well, I think that's such a cool approach because I know for me in my own experience, something that has made such a huge difference is just finding doctors that will answer my questions and work with me and not just prescribe a pill to treat symptoms, you know, but just be willing to do the test. I mean, even in in recent months, uh, you guys who are listening know that in the last year I had three miscarriages and I am so grateful to have had doctors who are willing to sit with me, answer my questions and be just willing to try different approaches and try different things. And I just felt so supported and knowledgeable about my body. It wasn't just like, okay, well, here's what we can do. Here's a medication that can fix it. Just try this, this, this. It was, I I felt like it was really practical things that I could do just in life in general to support my health, support my hormones. And I loved that approach. It was so freeing. Yeah. Well, one, I'm really sorry for your losses. I always love to take time to like acknowledge that. And I just always appreciate when everyone shares that. I know you said your other listeners know, but thanks for sharing that. Um, And sorry for your losses. Um, But I'm so happy that you had that support. That's amazing that you were given like advice and not just handed something like a pill. Um, That is so amazing. That's so good for me to hear. That makes me excited and happy. I'm like, like, we're moving in the right direction. Yes. Yes, that's so true. So for women who maybe have grown up in similar situation, what it sounds like you and I grew up in the same time where it was just very little conversation. And like you said, it was very similar for me. You expected your parents, like your mom to talk to you about that stuff. But for me, those conversations with my mom were very awkward And she knew just as much as I did about my cycle and hormone health and all of that. And so what are some things now, like conversations maybe you've had with women about maybe even some of the mindsets or the trends, diet culture, all of that, that were not serving us, kind of the things that we grew up with, but now we're learning that there's a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, a big thing, when you said diet culture, my brain just kind of like lit up and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. So one, most women today, I will say this, and it makes me sad, but they undereat. Like undereating is like a huge issue. I feel like everyone's like there was a definitely a diet culture around like don't eat too much and make sure, and it just got like so drilled into women's brains that it's like they're being careful about every single thing that they eat. And yes, it's good to be mindful. Mindful eating is good. But I've noticed a reducing calories, like people are, or women, um, but other people too, even men actually I'm seeing it in, are eating like 900 calories a day. And I'm like, are you just sitting all day? Like we need a little bit more than that. And sometimes they're not even like nutrient dense calories, which also makes a giant difference. So one of my big things, um, people who follow me know and understand that like, I'm like, you need at least 25 grams of protein in the morning. Like I'm looking for 25 grams of protein, start your day, eat breakfast. Um, 
people will ask me like, well, what about intermittent fasting? And that's supposed to be great. And yes, you can still intermittent fast and eat breakfast. Actually, if you do it the correct way, you should be able to eat breakfast because intermittent fasting is really supposed to get you to stop eating so late at night. And you should be able to have at least a 12 to 16 hour window and still be eating in the morning and having a breakfast time meal. So when people bring that up to my attention, like, yeah, you can totally intermittent fast. We're just, we just got to stop eating earlier and not so late into the night. Um, But yes, that diet culture piece, as well as the intermittent fasting, right? I feel like a lot of people use that um, and it can be great for blood sugar regulation and all of that, which can be good for our hormones, but we need to make sure we do it right. And that's something I could talk about forever as well. But diet culture is definitely something um, do you get questions about anyone in specific that I can like touch on? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. So some of the more recent conversations I've been having with people who have kind of had similar experience, just grew up feeling like, oh, I need to diet, like the Weight Watcher era, all of that. And now we're realizing, um, well, my metabolism is crazy. My blood sugar is all over the place. My hormones are all out of balance. How do I fix that? Like, how do we start to heal some of the things that restricting calories and these things that really were not helpful have done to our bodies? Yeah. And that's where just kind of creating those sustainable habits come in, right? So waking up and finding something that is high in protein for breakfast, but not just protein that has a protein, carb, fat in it. I like to say, let's get the big three in. Finding a meal that's easy for you to make that you actually like. Something like one of my favorites are these egg muffin things right now. I'm all about them. I'm like, you can like make them overnight and just have them for the whole week. And you can put a bunch of veggies in there, eggs in there. Um, I know eggs have like totally skyrocketed right now, but I do know that Trader Joe's has kept their prices the same. So just a a random tip there, but it really starts with like the tiny, the small habits, the small changes and make them sustainable. Cause like you said, like feel like, we get these like bursts of motivation or like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to eat like this and all of that. And I'm like, that's so great. But that those big bursts of motivations where you make these like giant life changes all at once, that only lasts for like a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. We want to create these habits that are going to last a lifetime. So that's where I tell people, I'm like, let's baby step it. Let's start with protein in the morning. Like, there we go. That's where we're going to start on the diet. Protein in the morning and like good quality, right? So like instead of buying like non-organic meat, we're going to buy organic meat. And that's a super easy switch because you're not necessarily really changing anything. I know it can be more expensive, but there's no like huge shift in our daily habit. Like you still have to go to the grocery store, you still have to pick up the meat. It's like kind of the same. Oh, totally. Yes. I love that because you're so right. I mean, there have been so many times in my life and I mean, I'm coming from an eating disorder background too, but even now as an adult, there have been so many times where I do get that burst of motivation and I'm like, yep, new year, new me. I'm going to be so healthy. I'm changing my whole life, you know, and I have just set myself up for failure because I try to change everything overnight and it is so not sustainable. So I love what you said about just starting with breakfast, starting with just swapping out what you're already eating for a better, higher quality choice. Like I love that because I, I have felt so discouraged if I feel like I just can't do it. I can't eat perfect. Like why do I even try? And 
I just feel like that's so not what it's about. It's just taking baby steps, like you said. So if you were like sitting with a woman who's trying to go on this journey, like what are some of the first steps? I know you mentioned breakfast, but are there other sustainable changes that you would recommend for getting started? Yeah. So we touched a little bit on diet. I am happy you kind of um, brought up that disordered eating piece. Um, and I think that's also important to touch. Just wanting to say that right now is because I do usually ask my patients like, Hey, how do you feel about food? What is your relationship with food? And I usually start there. And it's definitely something to reflect on too, because if someone's been struggling with that mental emotional piece tied to food, we start at a completely different place. So if you are also struggling with that mental emotional piece with food, I don't want to be like, go eat protein, that's going to fix everything. Um, definitely find someone. <laughs> yeah, definitely find someone who's going to listen to you and acknowledge like what's going on for you and work like kind of step by step with you um, to support you and your, help you reach your goals. Uh, but that that process could look slightly different. Um, so I just wanted to take time to acknowledge that. Um, so what else do we do besides diet? So we talked about, about we talked a little bit about diet. Those are my really basics of where I do start people out. Like I like to add things in instead of remove things right away. So you know I also am like let's add fruits and veggies. Let's make your diet a little bit more well rounded, and then we can start later like talking about you know removing things. <laughs> um, sometimes I also just don't even remove; I replace. So a lot of people like soda. And I'll be like, okay, like let's, instead of soda, what's a drink that will satisfy that craving for that sugary drink that's not filled with sugar, right? Like what can we do for you? And there's some really good options out there and we'll figure those out. Um, From diet, I definitely talk about things like sleep and movement a lot. So sleep is, to me, actually even goes like above that. Like sleep is everything. I'm like, if your diet, if your diet and movement is wonderful, but you have like terrible sleep, I rather have you like honestly throw diet and movement to the side and focus on sleep. Like sleep is the diet and exercise is wonderful, but it's not going to do nearly as much for you. If anything, if you're not sleeping right, because you need that recovery, that recovery time is so important and you don't get it back. Like sleep that is lost is just sleep that is lost. Um, And so sleep is very important and I have a lot of people work on it. Some people struggle falling asleep. Some people struggle staying asleep. And so again, it's very like case by case based. Usually my biggest recommendation is creating a nighttime routine. I don't know if you have one, but I'm like, you're an adult, create a bedtime. And they're like, what? (laughs) I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, tell yourself, like, I'm starting to get ready at this time. Like, I'm that is carving out time for yourself. That is being respectful and loving to yourself carve out a bedtime, start getting ready. I understand people have kids, life is crazy, but they have a bedtime too. So like follow that, like follow in their footsteps, um, create that. And then either, you know, wash your face, drink a cup of tea or drink a cup of tea, wash your face, brush your teeth, um, read a book, listen to a podcast like this one. Um, something that will just cause you to like calm down. If you're a person that mind like just starts going right as you lay down, honestly, give yourself time to let that happen. But just don't be like right when you're trying to go to sleep. Does that make sense? So like when you set your bedtime, like slow down enough. So your mind does have its chance to kind of like run its course and like you think about some things. But then being like, okay, like I can do those things tomorrow or here, 
now that I have that time and I'm not in bed, I can write things down on a list, but you're not like kind of half asleep, half not trying to like process these things. Uh, giving yourself time is so important. And I feel like a lot of people say they don't have time to do it. But I think once you sleep better, you'll be like, I definitely have time for this because everything in my life during my day is so much more efficiently done. Um, and all of a sudden you do have more time because you're like, wow, I'm getting all these things done because I'm like fully functioning. Right. Oh, that's so true. And it's crazy because I feel like sometimes, at least for me, there have been moments where I start making small changes and I'm doing well, I'm, I'm getting better sleep. And I just think, oh my gosh, wow, I feel amazing. I didn't even realize I was so tired that I was so just like drained and not feeling good. Like had the mental, like the brain fog, all the stuff. And it's like, who would have thought sleep, some movement, like a couple diet tweaks. Like it doesn't have to be this whole change your life in 30 days thing. I love that. It's so, and I mean, it can be hard, like the sleep thing, especially, I feel like it, it takes some reworking, but I love how you said that it's a way that we can respect and honor our bodies because it matters. I mean, I'm, I'm at the age where I'm, I'm about to tap into my thirties and I'm just realizing this is my time to really set myself up for a good, healthy future. And I want to be present for my kids. I want to be able to do the things that I love for a really long time. And it, it means like, starting with those little things now. And I, I think that these tips are so doable. Like you said, when we are sleeping better, when we're taking care of our bodies, we can operate so much better. That's so cool. Yeah. I used to be a sleeper. I always slept well, but I never like was consistent or, you know, I, I didn't have myself a bedtime. Let's just say that I did not have my bedtime. I now have my bedtime and it's a rare exception. You know, there's the fun things that you're like, Oh, we're out with a family. I'm not like, Oh, we're having a really good time. Like, let's go to bed now. Like, it's not, it's not that extreme. Like, I'm like, no, I can stay out like, you know, with my friends or whatever I'm doing that night. And till 10, 10 30. But usually like on the weekdays, I'm like in bed by like 9 15. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, everyone's different too. Some people can stay up later, but they just need to sleep in a little bit more. But I tell people just aiming for that seven to eight hours is really important. If you are waking up in the middle of the night, that can be a cortisol issue. And that's something to definitely talk to a practitioner about, um, as well as like possible sleep apnea. So just want to like emphasize that, like, I don't think a bedtime and like sleepy time tea is going to be the game changer for everyone. However, it's a really good place to start. Okay. That's really good to know. So like kind of along those same lines, talk to us about some things that we maybe should know to look out for, for our hormone health. Like if, if there's some signs that we're out of balance, what would that look like? And then how do we start working through healing that? Yeah. So I usually tell people, I'm like, something that wasn't there before is kind of like usually like that flashing light or like a red flag. So, you know, I'm just going to jump like head first, but like <laughs> the um, libido, libido is something that I feel like a lot of women have a hard time talking about, but that is something that changes and changes pretty quickly if hormones are off. And I'm bringing that one up just because I feel like it's so difficult for people to talk about. So I'm just kind of like ripping the bandaid off here. Um, having low libido or higher libido than normal, right? So if you're like, wait a minute, like my baseline used to be like this, and it kind of always was like this. And all of a sudden, it shifted. 
that's an interesting thing to explore. Why is it shifted? Is it a mental emotional piece or is this maybe a little bit of both? Maybe some mental emotional, maybe some hormonal. Um, another thing is migraines, um, headaches, length of cycle. So some people have, you know, a longer cycle and then all of a sudden their cycle is a lot shorter. It could be within the normal like range. However, it can be different from their normal or their regular because there is a shift, you know, how much bleeding there is occurring. So if, if again, if that's been a shift or change, or if you're like, there's no way that I am 28 years old and I'm bleeding through, like I've been doing this. I learned this. I learned this in high school. They showed me the video. I'm good. Right? No, um, no, it's like, it should not be happening. Like you shouldn't be bleeding through if you're pretty on top of it right if you're like no I'm changing it changing my tampon regularly or changing my cup or pad or whatever that individual is using like it shouldn't be an issue so that's a sign of like am I having too heavy of a flow um hormonal acne um anxiety honestly anxiety is a really big one that I've seen a lot of hormonal hormone panels be totally imbalanced um from estrogen levels to progesterone to cortisol to thyroid um so a lot of times mood, everyone's thinking like, oh gosh, I have to work. Like therapy is great. EMDR is great. I'm a huge advocate of like hypnotherapy. Like I love all of those things, but there also might be an underlying cause of like hormonal imbalance as well that could be exacerbating it. So I named a lot of things. There's a lot more. Um, so just, and that's part of getting to know your body better too, right? Some people are like, I don't even know what my cycle used to be like. And that's, that's definitely might be a harder place to start from, but not an impossible place to start from. Um, that's okay. And that's where you find a practitioner or someone, again, that you can trust and discuss these things with so that you can go back home and maybe think about it a little bit more and really feel where your body is at. That's really good. So something in my own journey that I struggled with for quite a while was figuring out what to do once I realized, okay, I think I've got some hormonal imbalance. Like, what doctor do you go to for that? What tests do you get done? That took me so long to figure out. <laughs> yeah, it can be hard. And it is different for everyone because everyone's on their own journey. Um, I mean, I'm biased, I feel like, towards naturopathic medicine. I love naturopathic medicine. Um, probably even more biased when I say myself. I just want to help all the women out there balance their hormones. Um but really anyone that you can find and connect with, you know, ask, ask the questions to your other friends, you know, being like, Hey, this is what I'm going, this is kind of what's going on. You don't have to tell them the whole story about, you know, the, your anxiety or your cycle or whatever. Just be like, Hey, do you know someone that I could go to? Cause you'd be surprised. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about it still. Um, and so you never know if your friend has actually been to someone or not. Um, and they can make a great referral. Well, that is extremely helpful because I think you're right. There's probably so many women who are struggling with, I mean, just the way our, our American diet is right now and all the things that women in their twenties and thirties are facing right now. Like it's, it's pretty common, I feel like, right. To have some hormonal imbalances. And so I love that there's more conversation going on about it. And so I would love to circle back around really quick and talk about the pill. I love that you mentioned there's definitely scenarios where it's the best choice. Like it's a great choice, but there are some where it is kind of just treating symptoms and it's not maybe the right choice. So talk to us about the pill. What do we need to be, what do we need to know about being on it and getting off of it? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like that question alone. I'm like, I could just talk forever on this. I'm like, wow. Um, but so I will say, like you said, a lot of women are put on it for a symptom that might be occurring. And they're like, let's just, you know, they're, they're thinking in their mind, like the physician putting the women on the pill. I want to help solve this as quick as possible for them. So I always tell people to, I'm like, it's not like there's trying to be any harmful situation in this. It's just like, this is what's been shown in the past to help balance things out. The thing about the pill is it doesn't balance our hormones. It just pretty much suppresses them. Um, we're talking specifically about the pill here. There are a lot of different types of hormonal birth control, like IUDs and things like that. So just to clarify, I'm talking about the pill because the Mirena, the Mirena IUD or Kyla or Skyla, those have different um, mechanisms of, you know, stopping pregnancy from occurring than the pill does. But since we're talking about the pill, um, it's basically a synthetic estrogen or progesterone that is coming into the body and it stops our own hormones from being produced. Um, the big one I like to talk about is actually progesterone because progesterone is being replaced with progestins. Um, progestins are a close form to progesterone. However, it's not progesterone. And it's actually really fascinating because progestins actually increase anxiety. Um, and progesterone actually helps with anxiety. So when I, I like to use this as a blatant example, because I'm just like, you are literally taking away your anti-anxiety hormone and you're giving yourself more anxiety by giving by that progestin coming into the body. So it's like, that's just one example. Um, and it's just kind of like when, I know I hear a lot of women being like, yeah, I got on birth control and like my emotional capacity just like shifted and I felt like a crazy person. And I'm like, this is why, like, this is why. Um, and it's just, like I said, one example, there's other things that happen and there's reasons, there's specific reasons why like your body changes when you stop the pill, you know, a lot of um, symptoms that people don't know of are actually, you know, your cycle can all of a sudden become irregular because your body's adjusting it. It's learning to create these hormones on its own again. So that's one reason. Um, something else is a lot of people will experience pretty severe acne coming off the pill. Um, a lot of people don't know that. And I like when I get people to come in and chat about it a little bit, they feel almost relief because I say it's only going to last like six months to a year. Yes, that's a long time, but at least they know there's like an end period. Um, the reason why acne occurs, um, just I know I like to give reasons why, because then it just really like sinks in and makes sense is part of what happens on the pill is you do get a lot of people get nice skin, right? Like a lot of people are like, I am great. Like I have like this flawless like filter on just all the time. And so people are feeling great. Um, but what it does is it decreases our sebum. Our sebum is kind of like, not exactly, but it's kind of like that pus that you will see in a pimple. So it decreases it, but our body still needs that. And it will upregulate and increase that sebum while you are on the pill. And then the moment you stop, it doesn't all of a sudden just downregulate. It needs to like learn and readjust to being off the pill and downregulate. So because it's still upregulated, that's what can cause that acne after for a certain period of time until your body basically just gets used to being off the pill. Yeah, so that's a lot. That was kind of a lot. Like I said, this question can be answered in so many ways. Um, and like there could be so many things addressed, but I just kind of wanted to give 
some like very clear and simple examples of like what can happen. There's obviously different cases and one, sh- one shoe size does not fit all like, or one size does not fit all. I don't know why I said shoe size. I mean, that's true too, but <laughs> it's, so it's just important to understand like what's going on again. Like you said, pro- um, not projection on the pill can be really helpful for a lot of people of uh, just like knowing why or when to use it. Um, but so a big reason is contraception, right? Like I want to protect myself. I am not ready to have a child, but I am having intercourse. You know, what do I do? Um, there are a lot of options out there. A couple options that I like instead are the FAM method or the fertility awareness method. We could, again, spend a whole episode like literally talking about that, which, you know, Hannah, if you want to have me back, let's do it. Let's talk about the fertility awareness method. <laughs> I love it. I live it. I talk about it every single day, literally. Um, but so that's just using basically though your basal body temperature and cervical mucus to track your cycle, to understand it. Um, I will tell you right now, an app on your phone without those other two things are not, that's not going to do anything for you. Like, please don't follow that. Um, that is not the fertility awareness method. And that's not going to give you a super accurate, um, time of like, this is when I'm fertile and this is when I'm not. So just like kind of giving people a heads up on that. And then you can also use, so I do love, I mentioned really quick about the Moraine IUD, Kyla, Skyla. Not everyone likes an IUD. People don't like like things inserted. I totally understand that. But I usually say if you're going to, if you really want a method of birth control and you're going to choose one, and that is something that feels good to you, that's totally fine. And I would recommend one of those, Um, not the copper one. So people are like, what about the copper? It's not hormonal. Like, yes, it's so irritating. Like, it is so irritating to us that it causes so much inflammation that that's the mechanism of, like, it's basically causing your uterus like to be a completely unlivable environment for, you know, egg and sperm. It also stops the sperm from getting to the egg and all of that. And there's, like I said, more to it, but it's very irritating. I really like the Marina and Skyla because it can't, it just changed what's going on more locally. So it's not, so you won't get pregnant that way, but it's not necessarily changing overall hormones um, in your whole body. So it can change the location. Like, like I said, it's very local. So it can change your uterus, um, your uterine lining um, in the sense of like, you might not slough off anymore. Like that's why a lot of people don't get their periods, but you still could be ovulating, which that I rather have. Are all hormonal birth control just have breakthrough bleeding? It's not necessarily a real period. So I tell people that all the time too. Um, something to keep in mind if you are on the pill and you're like, I don't have my period, and that's what you're worried about. You're not getting a real period anyway, so it doesn't really doesn't really matter either way. But I feel like I'm jumping all over the place. But like I said, this is kind of a big question, a big topic. Oh, I understand. I'm like, literally, we should have you back just to talk about all this because it's probably impossible to sum up so much information. And like, literally, I could sit here with you all day. I love this. (laughs) But I know that you specialize a lot in fertility. So what would you say about maybe the conversation of getting off the pill to prepare for starting a family or even just fertility in general? Like, what do we need to know as we are preparing for that season of life? Yeah. So coming, starting with coming off the pill for fertility. So everyone does respond differently. I do tell people to give themselves some like wiggle room and just 
come off a little bit sooner than they thought and then start using the fertility awareness method, you know, if they're still not quite ready, totally fine. Um, if some people are like, nope, you know, I really want to stay on it. I'm like, that's great too. Like, let's work with this. Um, my big thing is preconception care. Um, mature egg and mature sperm take about 90 to 100 days to develop. So I recommend starting preconception care for, for three to four months before you actually are truly trying to conceive. Um, I fully believe this, that it will be, it will make, you know, the trying to conceive process like more simple. It will make for a healthier baby, a healthier mom. Um, it's, you will, you're basically giving your body all of the good stuff and treating your body to be at its like optimal healthy place, which in turn will be optimal egg and sperm. Obviously, this isn't like there are the outlying cases, you know, preconception care doesn't just fix everything, but it does help a lot. And it also gets people started on their, you know, trying to conceive journey. So what if say they do end up struggling with fertility, um, they're already kind of ahead of the game, they already did those diet and lifestyle pieces. So then when they come to me, we're not making like a ton of changes when you're in this emotionally um, tough situation. But we're just kind of getting right to it to like, what are the right supplements? What are the right herbs that I need? Um, preconception care can get overwhelming. And I know you've been asking about a lot of resources and where you can find that. And I will tell you, I actually have a preconception care ebook. Um, it's about, I think, yeah, it's about like 70 pages. And it touches on like sleep, movement, diet. It gives you like two weeks of like fertility friendly meals. It gives you a lot of more resources gives has a lot more resources in there as well so that is something that you can use for preconception care <laughs> absolutely I will link that for you guys like all of these resources we will just compile them all so that they're available in the show notes um because that is incredible I love that you have a resource like that that just makes it so simple <laughs> Yeah, I think so many people were asking me and I was like, I need to just like sit down and write a book. So it took me quite a few months um, to compile like everything I wanted to do and make it more simplistic. But I am like, Google is not your friend in this situation. When you're on a fertility journey, I feel like everything you Google seems like negative or scary or like completely contradicts like one source from the other. And I'm just kind of like, this is me, a naturopathic fertility doctor. Um, we didn't really, I didn't really say this in the beginning, but the reason I can say that is I obviously did my eight years of higher education, passed two rounds of boards, but I also have completed a year um, mentorship with one of the top fertility experts in my field. So I was shadowing and learning from her. And so I spent a lot of time and energy learning about all of this. So I was like, you know what? I need to spread this as far as I can for as many people to see. And that was definitely through an ebook. That's amazing. Well, I, I think that's so brilliant because I'm so glad, first of all, that you're having this conversation because I haven't struggled necessarily with fertility issues, but with my losses, I've just realized there are so many other women going through this and there are very few conversations about it happening. I mean, there's starting to be more awareness, but I'm so glad you're having the conversation. And then also that you're providing resources because fertility losses, like preparing to start a family, that can be a very scary and overwhelming thing. It can feel like, I don't even know where to begin, but I, I'm, I'm excited to like dive into these resources and I will definitely link all of these for you guys who are listening because that's brilliant. 
perfect place to start. We seriously need to have you come do like a full on fertility training. Like I want all the info just like for myself. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm like, yes, give it all to me. (laughs) I love it. Well, and I know you have a ton of resources on your social media as well. And so you guys can definitely go and connect with Dr. B after this and learn more. But before we go, I love to ask our guests, is there anything specific that you would want to say to a woman who is feeling really discouraged in her her health journey right now? Yeah. So I always say, have patience with yourself. Um, I know that there's a lot out there and it kind of goes back to like taking the baby steps, right? You will get there. You will be able to do all of this. One, it's okay if you have help. It's also okay if you want to do it by yourself, but have patience with yourself, have grace with yourself. You're not going to be perfect every day. And just honoring that and acknowledging that and understanding that is very freeing. And it actually gives you more space to grow on your health journey and to reach that optimal health. So yeah, I think that have patience thing is something that I even, you know, put into my daily life into my daily practice um, of just being kind and loving towards yourself, because that's honestly the first step in the healing journey. That's huge. I love that so much. Well, thank you a million times for just sharing your story and sharing all of these resources. It's so, so helpful to be able to have these honest, open conversations without feeling like the shame or the weirdness or the confusion. And I'm just, I'm so excited to learn even more. So before we go, please tell everybody where we can learn more, connect with you and get all these resources. Of course, I'll link them below, but at least to connect with you, where can we find you? I love it. So Instagram is probably the easiest. So my business name is actually Walk the Natural Path. That's also my Instagram. Um, you can also go to walkthenaturalpath.com. There's a lot more information on there. Um, there are also resources on there as well. So definitely um, a cool place to check out to find like some blogs, um, as well as some free resources. Like you said, I have free um, ovulation tracking guide, which is actually the fertility awareness method. And then I can also give you my email. I have lots of people email me. I'm not super quick on email, probably faster in my DM. So hit me up on Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. I appreciate you so much for having me on today. This was so fun. Lots of laughing. I love the serious conversations, but then also like sprinkled in, like you said, with some just real convo about like hormone health, birth control, just keeping it real. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWord Show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.